Uh, welcome this morning. Wasn't that beautiful worship? Thoroughly enjoyed that. Well, we're under week three of our six-week delve into Psalm 23, and I've really loved it. The last two preachers Justin have done have been phenomenal. Like, revelation has come from those two preachers. I really, really enjoyed it. So from what I can gather, the guys up north heard about the fact that he did a great job last week, so they asked me to come and do it again. <laughs> so he's up there doing that this week. But I want to start a little bit differently this morning. I'm going to ask you guys a question. It's going to be a little bit interactive, maybe a little bit intimidating, but we'll see. We'll see how you go. If I was to ask you now, this morning, if you could describe yourself as an animal and give me the reason why, would there be anybody that would be willing to give that a go? Just give it a thought for a couple of seconds. Just think about yourself. If you were to sort of say that this is the animal that I think I'm like and give me the reason why. Now, I have preempted to put my wife on the spot straight away. So we'll start there to let you guys get a bit of an idea. But Donna, what would you say? I accept it. <laughs> I'm not going to say much more to that because I get myself into trouble. Would anybody else like to possibly say what they would say there they'd be like as an animal and why? Is anybody brave enough? Yep. A tortoise? <laughs> Slow and steady wins a race. I like it. That's good. Anybody else across the, the auditorium? Anybody? A wolf? And why? <laughs> I like it. We'll claim that. One more. <laughs> Great introduction to the rest of the preach. I am, yeah, that's that spot. I am so glad that this is out today because everything's going to be based around there. So, my first prophecy, I think I was about 21 years old. And we're going to swap microphones. I was about 21 years old. And the prophecy I got was I was like a wild Brumby that was just waiting to be broken. And, you know, as a 21-year-old, that just sounds great. I, I, I grabbed hold of that. Like, a wild Brumby, I like it. I've been around church a long time now. And I know that that's a prophecy that many young men get. <laughs> that wasn't just for me. There was a lot of young men get the same sort of prophecy. But I want to look this morning in Psalm 23 at what David is saying he believes we should be like as animals when it becomes about our relationship with God. See, Psalm 23 says this, and we're going to read the whole of 1 through to 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. David paints a very good picture, like we see over here on the corner of the church, of a relationship between a sheep and a shepherd. David sees himself as a sheep, but he sees the Lord as his shepherd. And this whole psalm really develops that concept. And I love this psalm. And I'm loving it more as we've been delving into it the last couple of weeks and then just reading it over and over again this week for myself. And I think I've sort of put it aside for many years. 
But I love how personal it is. I love how personal David takes it, holds it close to himself. See, there are no references to we or us or they in here, but only my, me and I. When David is either singing this psalm or speaking this psalm, he's speaking from his own heart. He's not declaring it to other people. He's saying this is the relationship that he has with the Father. This is the relationship that he has with God. See, David is saying the Lord is my shepherd. He's holding that so close to himself. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So personal. It's a proclamation. It's not just a psalm. David is speaking that out into the spirit realm around his own life. Me, I, my, personal. I think we really need to have that same approach to this psalm in our own lives, to make it ours. Not just something that is just spoken out at funerals or in church services, but to hold on to it, to grab it the way David did, to say this is about me and my personal testimony and personal experience with my God. Can we say the same thing when we look at this, where we say, he is my shepherd, and say it with such confidence, building in the spirit realm around us. See, Charles Spurgeon explained it this way. David doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd of the world, but the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. If he cares for me, watches over me, preserves me, and doesn't do it for anybody else, it doesn't matter. He's my shepherd. He cares for me. And it's the same for each and every one of us here today. He cares for us individually. This psalm is for us as well. The me, the my, the I. And as much as we want to see ourselves as a Labrador, a tortoise, a wolf, a Brumby and a bah. <laughs> we need to realize who we are in our relationship with God. And that is a sheep. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to be a sheep. But the fact is, I am a sheep because I'm part of his flock. He is my shepherd. He's the one who leads me, guides me, and protects me. See, the reason I don't like it is because sheep aren't intelligent. They aren't that smart. But the older I get in Christianity, and please forgive me when I say this, I don't think a lot of Christians are smart either. We need to be like those sheep that allow themselves to be led by the shepherd. But personally, deeply, committed. See, I think it would be safe for Christians, for Christians, if we were more sheep-like and had a greater dependency on our shepherd, especially in the world we live in today, with so many distractions and temptations. Wherever we look, we can get, be, become distracted. Whatever we look at has a new power of a temptation to it. And it just gets more and more and more. And I think in today's world, if we could just embrace our sheepness, is that a word? It is now. We can create words in church, can't we? Embrace our sheepness. 
and allow ourselves to be led by the shepherd. See, in this psalm, David presents God overwhelmingly as the good shepherd. The idea behind God's role as shepherd is of a loving, caring, and concerning God. David found comfort and security in the thought that God cared for him like a shepherd cares for his sheep. He found comfort there, knowing that God cares for him, loves him, nurtures him, has everything he needs for him. See, the four broad responsibilities of the shepherd are this. Know the sheep, feed the sheep, lead the sheep, and protect the sheep. Isn't that a great example of the relationship between God and his people? Isn't that a great example of the relationship between you and God? He knows you. Knows you. Jesus said in John 10, 14, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Know in depth everything about them. Jesus knows you and you know him as the shepherd. See, David said in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. See, we don't want because our shepherd, God, knows our needs individually. It's not just the psalm as a corporate thing to everybody. Yes, we all need the same things, but we all need different things as well. We're all individuals. We all have our own personalities. We all have our own struggles. And this psalm is saying that God knows you so well, he knows your needs. Your personal need right now, God knows about it. Even if you don't tell me about it, he knows about it. Security in that. So secure, knowing that God knows all about us. See, I shall not want means all my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd, both physical and and emotional. And today we're going to touch on the emotional bit. But I love it when David says that, I shall not want. It was both a declaration and a decision. He's declaring that because he has this personal relationship with God, that he doesn't have wants, because God meets them. But it's also a decision. A decision to decide not to desire more than what the Lord, the shepherd, gives us. To be satisfied, as Pastor Justin brought so beautifully last week. To be satisfied no matter where we are in God, because God is with us in that situation. Satisfaction. See, a shepherd feeds his sheep. He knows his sheep, he also feeds his sheep. David said in verse 2, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Justin's done a phenomenal job giving us pictures of that over the last couple of weeks. And I love the way he explained that sheep need to be calm to eat or drink. They can't eat or drink if they're anxious. And if they remain anxious, they don't eat or drink. And they put their lives in danger. But what the shepherd does is he creates an environment that calms them enough to eat and drink what God does in our lives. He brings a calming, peaceful environment around our lives because he knows what we need and he wants to feed us what we need. Us as individuals, not corporate. When David said he makes me lie down, it isn't that the shepherd forces the sheep down. It's not like he pushes them down and says, hey, no, you're going to lie down there as we do with our kids at times. 
you will lie down. You will calm down. It is time to rest. It is time to sleep. Go to sleep. Shepherds don't do that. They create the environment where the sheep is comfortable, secure, and knows they are protected. That is what David's talking about. See, when we view God as David did in Psalm 23, and we have the same relationship with God as David describes, then we will also enjoy an environment of security and supply. When we grab hold of him as our personal saviour, when we allow this psalm to become our own personal testimony, then security comes around our lives. And we become aware that he supplies everything. The other things that the shepherd does is he leads and protects his sheep, which leads us today into the focus of verse 3 of Psalm 23. Verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Of all the characters in the Bible, I think King David really needed to know that he could be restored more than most others. Like how many times did that man stuff up? Countless. The amount of times you read in the scriptures about the mistakes that David made. But yet he writes this psalm, beautiful personal testimony, with this knowledge that God restores him. Restores him. See, David possessed all the weaknesses of a sheep. He knew he needed a shepherd to restore and guide him. He knew it. See, he could be drawn in the wrong directions where he found himself exposed to threatening situations, to dangers. And in those times, the Lord had to go after him and draw him back. Because that's what shepherds do. If they see a sheep going wayward, away from the flock... The shepherd will go after that sheep. We read in scripture how the, sh- the shepherd would leave the 99 sheep to go after the one. And when he found the one and he brought it back, he called all his friends and relatives to come and celebrate the fact that that one sheep had been brought back. David knew the heart of his shepherd, the heart of his father, was always drawing him back, restoring him, because he regularly made mistakes. Have you ever restored anything? Not built, not created, but restored. I'm in the midst over the last few weeks, and it's going to be a few weeks more, of restoring our kitchen at home. Because I looked at it and I thought, okay, do I want to put a new kitchen in? $20,000, $30,000. And I really looked at the kitchen, there's nothing wrong with my kitchen. It was just getting a little bit faded, a little bit tired. But its foundation is strong, it's firm. And all I've had to do is basically take the cupboard doors off, clean them, sand them, repaint them, put them back on, change a few things. The kitchen's looking great. It's restored, not rebuilt, but restored. God is a God of restoration. He restores us. See, that word restore means to turn back, to return, to bring back, to refresh, to repair. I love the imagery of it. God restores us. He restores us. Who needs a little bit of restoring regularly? I do. A little shine just washes off every now and then. The fire can dwindle a little bit. My vision can be drawn somewhere where it shouldn't be. But when we hold on 
to the promises we have in this psalm that we have a shepherd that can restore us, bring us back to where we were. That brings security. That brings comfort. That brings a trust in you that you just can't understand. See, restoring our souls, returning to our inner person, our true self, back to where it should be. See, sin corrupts us. But God created us. He knew the person he created you to be. He breathed within each and every one of us our abilities, our gifts, our talents. He creates the environment around our lives to help us become the people we are meant to be, the people he's created us to be. But this world, sin, problems, situations will tarnish us at times. And when we come back to God like David did in this psalm, he restores us back to who he created us to be. It's not like he completely changes us, but he restores us back to the creation that he brought into this world. He's a God of restoration. See, I love the fact that our salvation is not based on how tight we hold the Father's hand. It's not a case of losing our salvation if we lose our grip on him occasionally. Like, we can slip, but we don't lose our salvation. It's not based upon that. What it is based upon is built upon the Father holding our hand and we knowing that he will never leave us nor forsake us. No matter what's happening in our lives, he is always willing and waiting to restore us back to where we should be. With a loving grace, with a gentle touch, David knew what this was like. So even the best Christians can go astray like lost sheep. They can lose their way, get turned aside onto wrong paths, but when God shows them their mistakes, leads them to repentance, he not only receives them back into the fold, he restores their soul back to where it should be, renewed, repaired, and refreshed. That's the imagery that David's presenting here. Our God restores us, brings us back to where we should be. See, we need to remember when we are down, the Lord lifts us up. When we are discouraged, the Lord encourages us. When we are depleted, the Lord replenishes us. When we are dry, he revives us. When we leave our first love, he brings us back to that first love. This is God's continual work of sanctification in our lives, restoring back to us who we are meant to be in him. I love that security. See, further in this psalm, David says, He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is to say the Lord is directing David's steps along his chosen path. So personal is this divine guidance, it's as if David is the only sheep in his care. God is that intimately involved in ordering his way, in the same way God is closely guiding our unique lives as well. I love the fact that it says there, he leads us in paths of righteousness. God is involved with every aspect of our lives, making sure that we're on the right path as a shepherd, not only in our ministry, but in our families, in our work, in our study, 
in our relationships between our spouses or our children. He has paths for every part of our lives. Yes, he has one path, and it's narrow. But on that narrow path, there's many avenues where if we allow him to be a shepherd of all of our life, he keeps us on that right path. Righteous is right. The right path he has for us. Because often we can have a great life in work at the moment, but the family can be a little bit disrupted. The family could be going great, but your health is struggling. When we bring the shepherd in every aspect of our lives like David did, and he guides us in all of our paths, then there is supply, security, protection, and guidance. It's true for every Christian journey. Every step of life is to be taken on the divinely prepared course for our lives. There can be no sidetracking, no shortcutting. There's no alternate route. It's walking the right path for us and being so close to the shepherd, that path is clear in every aspect of our lives. So here's the problem. I'm going to start to close up here. That How I see it. The Lord leads us, but sometimes we find it hard to follow. He leads us. He's always leading us. But sometimes, because of life, situations, circumstances, pressures, sometimes we can find it hard to follow. We get distracted, we wander, we get off track. But we need to have the same personal assurance that David had in this psalm, knowing the good shepherd will know our need and restore us back onto the path he has chosen for us. See, the shepherd was the guide. The sheep didn't know where the green pastures were, all still waters. All that it needed to know is where the shepherd was and to follow the shepherd. In following the shepherd, they entered the green pastures. They came to the still waters. Their needs were met. They were led and they were guided because they followed the shepherd. It takes all that pressure of striving out of our Christian walk, of trying to achieve, when we just say, God, I know your heart is for me. You're going to lead me. You're going to supply for me. You know me. I'll follow you. The last bit is, all of this is done for his namesake. There's an interesting piece of theology in this. God does all these things for our good. See, it's good for us to go to the pastures. It's good for us to follow him down these paths. At the same time, when we do this, it brings glory to God. It's a good testimony for him. It attracts people to our Lord. Our ultimate purpose in life is to bring glory to God. And when we live a life like this, committed, dedicated to our shepherd, we allow him to lead us, to guide us, to protect us, to supply for us. That brings glory onto his name. 
because suddenly there's these lives that are living the way they are meant to live and the world looks upon that and says I need that it brings glory unto his name when we live for him when we allow him to lead us so in closing can I ask this Can we view ourselves the same way David viewed himself in this psalm? Can we go away today? Make it personal. Make it personal. I, me, my. He knows you. He knows you. There is nothing about you that he does not know. There is nothing hidden. There is nothing you need to hide. He knows us. And out of that knowing, He supplies everything we need. Emotionally, spiritually. We may not be feeling it at times, but we need to trust in Him enough to know that we can go to Him and draw from His wealth in these areas because His desire is to know, to supply, but also to restore. Restore us to who we are called to be to correct relationship with Him. And then He leads us in our lives in a way that brings glory unto His name. I love this psalm. I love it because it's a perfect picture of salvation. He provides. He renews. He leads. It's what He does in our lives. He provides what we need for salvation. He restores us to who we are called to be. And then He leads us on the paths of righteousness that He has called us to. Please, allow this to become your psalm. Allow it to become personal in your life. Allow it to become me, my and I. Between you, the sheep, and the good shepherd. The one who loves us more than anything else the one that perfectly depicts that picture over there he leaves everything for you he left everything for you he gave everything for you and he will give everything for you let's pray Father I thank you I thank you that you are the good shepherd. I thank you that you know us. I thank you that you supply. I thank you that you are a God that restores. I thank you that you are a God that leads. But most of all, I thank you that you are a God that loves. You love us with everything. You hold nothing back. Everything is for us. And Lord, when we come to that realisation of the depth of love that you have for us and we embrace it and we become like David in this psalm where we allow it to become personal, a declaration of security, a declaration of trust, knowing that you are for us and not against us in anything that happens in our lives, that your hand is there to lift us up and protect us, to bring us close to yourself that you will leave everything to come after us 
When we live like that, Lord God, I am so thankful that it is for your name's sake. We lift you up. We glorify you in our lives. We allow that to be the picture it is meant to be. A life committed and given wholly unto a God who loves. And we thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.